Hey, GT. Uh, welcome. Good to have you today. Um, thanks for joining in tonight, uh, or however you're viewing this time. We're just grateful that you are with us. Uh, I got Pastor Dan Sarna with me tonight, and uh, hey. exciting. Yeah, give us a greeting, Dan. Hey, yeah, it's great to be a part of this conversation, and uh, those of you that are tuned in for it, and uh, just, uh, it's been a great series, and uh, it'll be fun to kind of dive into some discussion around it as we bring it to a close so yeah glad to be here yeah for sure well we're glad to have you and again thank you all for joining us uh however you're watching tonight uh yeah boy we're wrapping up the we wrapped up the faithful series and that'll be the last discussion about it in fact i'll just say this right out of the gate uh maybe it's not the last discussion uh one of the things we would like to do is man if, if and i know god has been faithful in so many of you that are listening tonight I mean, we would love to hear your story, however uh, that would be possible. Uh, Dan, I think you have in the back of your head at least an email, and we'll make sure we check it. Uh, but over the years, we've kind of captured that story, you know, uh, of people that, you know, we often say um, it's, it's not just names, faces, and numbers, but we all have a story, and they all matter to God. So I don't know if you've got that email at the top of your head, but why don't we just share that? Yeah, so stories at gtaog.org. Again, that's stories at gtaog.org. And, uh, you know, we'll make sure to have that, that information perhaps in the comments or, or somewhere uh, easily accessible for you so you don't forget it. Uh, but yeah, we absolutely would love to hear your stories. And, uh, and it's things that help keep us all uh, motivated and encouraged on this journey, on this, uh, what you talked about on Sunday, Pastor Brian, pilgrimage. You know, we're all on a pilgrimage together, a pilgrimage of faith. And uh, we need those, those encouraging stories, those uh, just reminders of God's faithfulness, uh, testimonies of his goodness in your life, uh, because it inspires all of us and encourages all of us. Uh, even if it doesn't match up with our own reality, it's something that can add hope uh, to our lives as, as we continue on this pilgrimage. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it, it's kind of how, um, you know, we talk, you know, the scriptures talk about how we overcome the enemy. I mean, we are in a spiritual battle and we know God is faithful, but uh, it says they overcame him, meaning the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So our stories are very powerful. And, uh, you know, you can try that email. You could, anyway, if you want to get it to a staff member, whoever, uh, but man, we'd love to hear your God is faithful story because we know uh, he is faithful. It was just a really great series. I mean, just from the preaching standpoint, I always love the biographical series. I love looking at a life because really, when we talk about stories, what did we look at for the last several weeks? We looked at the story of Abraham, the story of Hagar, the story of Sarah, Isaac. Uh, when you think of that incredible story, it's just kind of a powerful way to look at the word of God. I, you know, I've, I've made this reference over the years, you know, You've got the top line. If you're looking at three levels of teaching, top, middle, and bottom, you know, when you think about the scripture and we unpack the word, uh, at the top of the, the, the interpretation, God's always the hero. God is always good. He's always all-powerful. He's miraculous. Uh, then we talk about the scarlet thread, that one in the middle, that's, that's how it all points to Jesus. Everything in the word points to Jesus. But then you've got that bottom tier where it's just the story of life. And what I love about the Bible is that although we're learning about God's faithfulness, you see it was almost each week we talked about the imperfection of Abraham, the lack of faith, 
or the struggle they had with waiting on God. And it's all that together. I just love that the Bible just says it like it is. It's not, it's not a fable. It's not a fairy tale. No, it's just the truth. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly inspired by the Holy Ghost. So I really in love, I really love learning uh, and again, just reacquainting myself with the story of Abraham. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so true. And, you know, it, it makes you think twice, you know, like I know for me, as he talked about the imperfections of Abraham's life and man, he blew it. Like there are things that, you know, Hey, we're not supposed to point the finger in judgment, right? Judge lest you be judged. But if you were to look at some of his failures, we'd be like, Whoa, like who in their right mind, like you'd get locked up today for something like that, you know, yeah, right. or, yeah. you know, that it's like not even in the scope of, of our like humaneness, you know? And, um, yet the fact that God still used him and forgave him, extended mercy to him and yeah. that Abraham, because he chose to believe God, and to, to take him at his word that, that there was blessing on the other side of it and a redemptive story. And I think that just tells us something about God, more so than Abraham, that God can redeem the worst of circumstances. He's in the redemptive work, uh, you know, and line of business, if you will. And, and we see that in Abraham's life because you can look at some of those failures. And even on Sunday, you mentioned like David, you know, we, right. we, can easily even forget some of his failures, you know, yeah. adulterer, murderer, liar. Just some <laughs> small things there, things. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> just, just to name a few. Yeah. And uh, yet even, even his epitaph in scripture right. is that he was, you know, Israel's beloved writer of songs. He was the son of Jesse, you know, and a man after God's own heart. Yeah. He had just, a heart after God. You know, incredible um because you know the story doesn't have to end that way the 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 thing is is that when the response to god's mercy when the response to god's love and forgiveness um and faithfulness to us is you know repentance right. and brokenness you know david you think about psalm 51 you know, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, God, you'll not despise. But right. if, if we keep a hard heart and, and don't approach God that way in humility and brokenness, that, that then, then we've kind of cut ourselves out of the redemptive story. That's but right. God's will is always to redeem. Uh, and, and, dis, and when we look at these stories like Abraham or many others throughout scripture, that, that should tell us, okay, you know, I need to think redemptively, not just about myself, but about those that I come in contact with as well, to see them through the eyes of God, to see them through the lens of the gospel, what we can even see that Jesus did, you know. Well, you know, let's stay on that a little bit, because I mentioned that on Sunday, is that many times we don't look at people the way God does. Mm. Many times we don't look at ourselves the way God does. Yeah. And we hold ourselves up to this standard. Maybe it's legalistic. Maybe it's, oh, uh, a lack of self-esteem, or I'm just not being successful. When God looks at us a completely different way, he sees our potential. Because as you were saying, I mean, think of everyone in the Bible. The only one I think, it may say seem oversimplistic, but the only one that ever lived on this planet that was perfect is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Moses wasn't perfect. He lost his temper, even though he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. 
David, we already said, you know, murder, adultery. Okay, he killed Goliath. He fulfilled all that God wanted him to do. Abraham, you could just go through the Bible. There's no one that's perfect. And yet, sometimes I think we hold ourselves when we talk about, okay, God's faithfulness. We know God's faithful. But when we talk about our faithfulness to him, and we're like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not faithful. And we do. And that's where the heart of repentance. I think so much of what's going on in our culture today, it's a heart issue. The mm-hmm. Bible talks about the heart is wicked and deceitful. Who could even know it? We don't even know our own heart. I mean, you take out the redemptive grace of God, we're all in trouble. So, I mean, that is something we need to keep in our minds at all times. And using wisdom. I mean, John's gospel, he says about Jesus, you know, in, in a certain scenario, Jesus wouldn't give himself to certain people right. because he knew what was in their hearts, you know? And even even Jesus in in being the Son of God, right? But being relational and and his actions motivated by the Spirit of God, imperfection, knew what was in the heart of man, and so used wisdom in who you know could kind of weigh motives, right? Right. Um, and, and even using wisdom in that regard. Yet then on the flip side, you see Jesus hanging out with Zacchaeus, who everybody hated, who nobody would trust or entrust themselves to or let alone enter their house and share a meal with them yet this is what jesus does and the result of it is his salvation and him giving back everything he ever ripped off people uh of and and so it's amazing you know and and that's that's our example like the example that's that's what he calls us to you know in and how we live and conduct our lives uh because we've received it you know uh we're not better than anybody else uh, we are recipients of his grace, just like everybody else. And, yeah, uh, and I think sometimes, like I said, it's Sunday kind of opening up my message was that we, we think about pleasing God by our works and by our actions. And certainly that's a part of it. But when I read Hebrews eleven six, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Okay. Yeah. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So, I mean, yeah. If we really want to please God, it really does come down to faith in God, that he is who he says he is, that he is faithful. And we need to understand that in in our walk with God. And certainly, as we look at the life of Abraham, he understood that. I mean, that is why uh, Romans 4.11 calls him the father of all who believe. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. And I I love that uh, in Romans 4.11, what you just uh, referenced, you know, it gets in then to the promise, you know, and on Sunday you talked a lot about uh, the promises and trusting God's promises and right. even sharing some scriptures about right. his promises. Yet the, the way that we access that, you know, I love this one uh, translation. It says we would also often think about it as being justified by faith, but I like this. It says it came through the covenant justice of faith. Uh, and that idea of covenant relationship with God, right? That it, it's it's by faith in accordance with God's grace so that the promise can thereby be validated for the entire family, right. you know? And that's how we get access to those promises is is by faith. The fact that it's not, it's not all of these pious actions that we could ever, right. you know, dream up to do to try to earn it. And, uh, such a powerful, powerful thought. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
So, yeah. And that's what Abraham exercised. You know, what, you know, you just look, I mean, we often talk and theologians, Hebrews 11, you look at that entire chapter. What a great read for our listeners. When you think of the hall of fame of faith, I mean, it's all about faith. I mean, um, the text that I shared Sunday, verse eight, it was by faith, Abraham obeyed God. Uh, it was by faith that he left and went to a land. He didn't even know where he was going, but he right. trusted God and he went by faith. Was he perfect? No. Did he lie about Sarah being his sister? Yes. There was all kinds of stuff in their life. Did they try to work out their own plan with Hagar? You bet. Um, but nonetheless, he had faith in who God really was. He believed that he existed and that he was going to fulfill the promise he was given. Yeah. So funny. You know, we've had a lot of good dialogue from listeners about how in the world could God, how could a loving God ask Abram to offer up his son Isaac? Like you said, mm -hmm. if some of the things we've read in the, in the biographical story of Abraham were to be happening today, you'd be arrested. Yeah, um, yeah. But God was testing his faith, and, 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 and Abraham knew that if, if, if he had to sacrifice his son, that God would raise him from the dead. Uh, he had that kind of faith. That's what it describes in, in Hebrews 11. Yeah, absolutely. And see it all throughout. I think um, even... Uh, where was it? Romans actually continues. I think it's Romans five that it kind of gets even more into that, you know, of uh, Romans four and five deal with Abraham. They kind of brings it to the new Testament here. Yeah. Right. Um, but no, actually it's still in four. And, and this is what I was thinking about that, that it, it shows the point. Cause at one point we were thinking about, well, you know, it matters that his faith was the fact that he should not have been able to have a kid. Right. He physically should not have been. And some would say, you know, oh, well, based upon how long people lived at that time, what we can gather. Now, scripture says it right, right. That's they were as good as dead. Right. <laughs> you know, Sarah's womb was no longer in operation, you know, right. and that it, that it would only be an active God that would make that possible. And right. Abraham knew that, you know? And so even in that story of, you know, of uh, him being asked to sacrifice his son and things like that, and that he even gets to the point of almost going through with it. And we can think, what in the world? How could you even do that? And right. I, you know, last week we talked a bit about some of the cultural uh, context stuff around that. However, the fact was, is that Abraham reasoned, and Paul tells us that, he reasoned that this God could raise the dead, <laughs> you know, right. and you think about what our faith now is built upon. It's built upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without that, there's nothing for us to put our faith in. That's and right. so the fact that Abraham could reason, man, this God could even raise the dead. You know, if, if me being as good as dead, my wife not being able to have children, being way past it. This is only an act of God that we even have a natural born child here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust God to the very end, no matter what he says, no matter how ridiculous it may sound. Right? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, well, and I kind of, uh, it's good that you're bringing that out, Dan. I kind of gave kind of that formula on Sunday where I gave two passages from the New Testament um, where Jesus looked at them. And he said, uh, he says, this is hum humanly speaking, he said, it's impossible, Matthew 19, 26. But with God, everything yeah. is possible. I mean, yeah. and we know that, okay? God created the world. God, God can raise the dead. God can do whatever he wants to do. With God, 
nothing is impossible. All right. And that, and I said, that's the piece of it. Okay. That's the faithfulness of God. But then I went over to Mark nine, anything is possible if a person believes. So if Abraham wouldn't have believed God, if Abraham wouldn't have believed he could raise the dead or he could allow me to have a child, you know, Sarah and I a hundred years old and her, you know, he had to believe that. And so that's the formula of God can do anything, but our, we have to believe and have faith in God that he does exist and there's nothing impossible for him. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And how often we could forget that or even misconstrue what that means, you know, right. well, nothing's possible for those who believe. And you kind of got into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I did. Sunday was kind of like a name it and claim it notion. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. You know, blab it and grab it. Yeah, it's not as <laughs> whatever, whatever way you want to describe that, right? It's one of the yeah. things I hate. One of the big comments I made was this claiming it, and it's not promises we create. Oh, if your faith was right, if you could believe God for this, you could believe God for a brand new car or a brand new house. Or no, it's not us creating those promises that's the the name it and claim it blab it and grab it that whole thing and there are a lot of believers that do that and that is so detestable to me in my thinking uh it's and that's why i took it then to the promises that god has written these are some things that god says these are promises god said i'm going to finish in you the work i started philippians 1 6 i am going to supply every need you have philippians 4 19 we can place our trust in god's promises not these things we create in our own mind. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And you think about that for Abraham, you know, just to keep it within the realm of that story that we've been yeah. talking through the past uh, four weeks. You know, it, it got to the point where even, even though God had shown himself, like God revealed himself to Abraham like he, you know, hadn't before, you know, like to, except for maybe Adam and Eve. You know, and he and he's the first one that he reveals himself to as the Almighty. You right. know, uh, like an incredible thing. God reveals himself to Abraham on many occasions, and still you come across moments where Abraham's saying to God, "If only you allow Ishmael, you right. know, to, to be the way in which you do this." Right. He he didn't take the approach of, "Oh, you said that, and so I'm going to claim," you know, all yeah, this right. stuff, and you know. And, and not that there isn't, not that it doesn't have its place to, to speak life. Yeah. I'm not speaking against that at all. I yeah. think that if we're always a Debbie Downer or speaking negativity and things like that, that does have an impact. You know, um, I think we've even talked about it before, even negative self-talk and how that can impact. I have a, a tendency to just get caught in those cycles and those traps of, you know, and, and it, it does have an impact. So I'm not uh, saying that our words don't have, um, you know, some type of power in, 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 in what, you know, how it shapes things. But right. again, in its right place, in its proper right. place. Um, right. But you think Abraham at this point could have had, you know, almost this elitist, you know, feeling about him, mm-hmm. yet he's still arguing with God saying, well, if only you'll take my efforts and attempt at making Why this happen. Why can't we go with my plan? It just seems easier. My plan seems easier. 
you know, and God does the impossible, you know, yeah. so that so that nobody else could get the glory. No way that Abraham or Sarah could take any glory for themselves. Only God yeah. gets the glory. And see, and, and that's and, the key, because I kicked it off in week one where I mentioned Hagar, is that you're exactly right. What you're saying was God said, I am going to, and we see this over and over. In fact, you see it in Hebrews 11. He did it with Gideon. I'm going to get you down to 300 men. And then when this is resolved, you're going to yeah. see that only God yeah. So it always goes yeah. back to God being that hero. And, you know, we have to have our faith and we're a part of that. But God is saying, this would never happen without my power. I am almighty God. And there's nothing impossible for me. If I want a 100-year-old and a 95-year-old to have a child and their, their descendants are going to be more numerous than the stars and the sand of the sea, guess what? That's going to happen. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. It's awesome. And, and I think about that, you know, when you think about, like, when you talk about keeping it on that story, like, okay, so he started to take the pilgrimage, and then I talked about him enduring patiently, and sometimes I think that's the struggle. We want it, and we want it now, and you say, mm -hmm. well, there's God's promise. He's going to supply all my need. You even think about the pandemic and maybe a business or if you're in unemployment, and I, I think sometimes I know in my own life, I've struggled with, man, how long am I going to have to wait for certain things in my life? Um, but, you know, that's part of faith is enduring patiently. So he goes from the era of the Chaldeans and now he's living in a tent. He yeah. leaves the comfortable. He leaves where he was raised, where he's been a part of things with his family. And now he's going to the promised land, not really knowing where that's going to be. But again, sometimes in that story, it's, it's, it takes faith to really trust God with that, you know, and to, to endure patiently. Even as I wrapped up at the end where I talked about people that were tortured and beaten and cut with swords and, and with sawn, sawn too, yet the Bible says they had great faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, I think that that's so important to keep that in scope, you know, in, in that, that scripture of, hey, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, you know, we can't forget that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Right. seek him and it goes then right into that narrative of all of these people who by faith right you no know, and and most of the circumstances were circumstances that were not easy you know like you said about the people you know faced you know the lions or you know were sawed into or burned at the stake or or whatever that that there's an unshakable faith that comes and for you know for us living in america yeah. We all, we don't really have to face that though. You know, you could watch the news these days and think, wow, are we heading there? <laughs> but, right. you know, uh, but the point is, is that our faith has to be in the right place, has to be in God. It can't be in any other place, you know, and, right. um, and, and he meets you in there, you know. It's interesting what you're saying there, because like when I closed it up about always being persuaded, you know, here's what it says in Hebrews 11, um, verse 13. Uh, the New, New Living Translation, all these people, speaking of that whole list you just talked about, all the people that expressed their faith and whatever, all these people died still believing what God promised them. I mean, they went to their grave believing that, all right? Yeah. They did not receive what was promised. Now think about that. Mm -hmm. They didn't receive the promise. So I think sometimes we get caught up, well, God promised me this, or here's what the word says, but why is it taking so long? I mean, Abraham and Sarah waited 13 years. And in that waiting, when we don't endure patiently, then we start coming up with our own plan. Well, what about Hagar? She's young enough to have a child. Why don't you sleep with Hagar and we'll have children through her? 
Now they're getting away from God's plan and getting away from faith. And the Bible says these that they died not having received the promise, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. Mm. I mean, they had chances not to have their lives taken, but they didn't want to turn their back on God. That's why I think sometimes we always think faith is always received in the answer. If you don't get the answer that you want, well, then your faith isn't right. No, these people died in faith. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they never, yeah, they never were looking forward to all that God had promised them, even though in their lifetime, they did not receive it. I mean, I always go back to like Noah and you think about all the years he lived, 120 years, Mm -hmm. a preacher of righteousness. All right. Uh, I had that picture years ago in my office and have it here where, um, you know, 60 years into it, you know, all the gopher wood is gone. It's the size of a, a, you know, a, a luxury like anti-craft carrier you know it's it's it's, yeah. it's unbelievable yeah. uh, and he's only halfway through yeah i mean that's that's to endure patiently it's not always like oh i'm gonna pray and it's just gonna happen yeah uh, that's a big part of faith yeah and there's then the action gets involved in it right you know yeah like last year we did a series on james and james gets into that you know the the hand in hand nature of faith and works it's not works proceeding right you know it's it's faith and then because of that faith there's action being taken so the action for abraham when god says go to the place i'm going to show you right well his faith was put into action when he actually got up and went that's right he started <laughs> the pillar was going but he started out right yeah. uh the same thing with you know, God saying, well, sacrifice to me, your one and only son, your son whom you love on the mountain, I will show you. He went, he was prepared. He's at that place. And then God comes, stops him and says, man, you passed the test because of this, man, this promise is going to be fulfilled. You know, so there, there's still actions involved along the way. And like the point you were making, which is so powerful, such an important thing for us to all grab a hold of, is is those that in Hebrews, the writer talks about that all died in faith, yet had not seen the fulfillment of the promises, right? That's Um, right. Is is that, yet they still had action toward it, you know? Many of them, if they died for their faith, that was an action, you know, not that they did it to themselves, that's a, a different approach to religion, we're not talking about, but that because of that, because of persecution, because of others not believing their message or, you know, whatever, that they went to the grave believing and not being persuaded in that. Yeah, um, I mean, you so think far. about that, because again, we, we tend to always link faith to I got the answer I want. The thing mm-hmm. I trusted for, whether it's five minutes, five weeks, or five years, I believe God, I kept knocking, I kept persevering. What about the apostles? They all gave their life. Yeah. I mean, Peter crucified upside down. They lost, James lost their life. Um, you know, yet, and, and in Hebrews, then again, the, the writer of Hebrews uh, says this again in verse 39. He repeats it. He says, all of these people earned a good reputation. Those that were in sheepskins, those that hid in the mountains, those that were jeered and whipped. It says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. So I, I think sometimes we just put faith in this one segment, uh, and I think God is saying, no, that's not the way it works. You're looking forward like, like Abraham did. I'm looking forward to a place that's, whose 
foundations are built and created by God that are eternal, not yeah. just what I'm wanting here. And those tend to be my promises of what I want. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. As my mind was thinking about, you know, faith and uh, promises and things like that. I always, this is kind of a, a, a change from the narrative of Abraham's story, but in terms of the topic of faith, and the topic of the promises of God. I often think about Peter's uh, second letter. And uh, he talks about in in chapter one, verse four. uh, Well, actually, if I could, I'd like to read uh, verse three. It says that God bestowed upon us through his divine power, everything that we need for life and godliness. So because of him, we, we have everything that we need we we can all doesn't matter how long you've been a christian you have everything you need Such a good verse. for life and godliness right. through knowledge through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue the result is that he has given us um the result is that he has given us through these things his precious and wonderful promises and the purpose of all this is so that you may run away from the corruption of lust that is in the world and may become partakers of the divine nature. That's one of my favorites. You think yeah. about that. You know, Abraham became a partaker in the divine nature. You, you see that in the fulfillment of his story. Jesus saying, Abraham saw this day and rejoiced. Um, and then Peter goes on. Uh, so because of this, so because of the fact that we have everything we need for life and godliness, because we have this glory and virtue, because of these precious promises, because of this, you should strain every nerve to supplement your faith with virtue. Supplement your faith with virtue. Your virtue with knowledge, and your knowledge with self-control, and your self-control with patience, Mm -hmm. and your patience with piety, and your piety with family affection, and your family affection with love. I love that list. You think about lists in the Bible. This is such a great list that takes you from faith, but then not stopping there and getting you all the way down to love. That's right. And and that's that's the Bible message right there. You know, true love. You know, not not our definitions of it, but the way that the Word of God defines love, and uh, and that keeps you on the right course. That keeps you, you know, not because again, what we were talking about that kind of name it and claim it thing or faith that I'm expecting that I, I get to enjoy, you know, the seeing it fulfilled and all that kind of stuff right. that that almost becomes um, uh, like self, self-centered in a sense that yeah, it becomes the focus, you know, right. rather than the, the benefit of future generations. Well, what about what I'm believing God for what he's saying and how then I instill that into my children and maybe they get to live in the benefit of something that I hoped for and maybe didn't see, but that they get to live, you know, that that's, that's kind of what Scott Noggle said in his week that, man, if we don't pass that baton, yeah, all about us and all about what we get and what we need, no, we got to pass our faith on to the future generation. You think of the people just in our life that prayed and prayed and prayed, not for themselves, but for us. Yeah. I mean, that we would come to faith. And, and I loved what Scott Noggle said in that, in that teaching about, I man, we got to pass it on. It's exactly what you're saying there. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I won't forget that. That was such a great message on, mm-hmm. you know, the responsibility that we have, right? To, yeah. to, 
pass it on and, and, and to see others like simple example, because, you know, we could talk about these things, get into the word and kind of in a theoretical sense, you know, kind of understand that, but like, you know, uh, and as a simple example that I've often thought about it, my great grandparents that came to this country from Italy, they came here with a dream to become Americans and to live in America and to build for themselves a life that they couldn't build where they were living. And that they didn't necessarily fully get the benefit of that. In some senses they did, but not the full. But I, you think, you know, four or five generations, you know, down the line, yep. fully integrated into this society. We are Americans. We are, you know, and and I'm not saying this right now as any type of political you know, right. or anything like that, but just as an example of how I've often thought about these things of, of that there was something that they didn't have, they desired, they sought it, got to experience a glimpse of it. And started the pilgrimage. Yeah. But future generations are now fully living within the dream that they had. And, yeah. and I, I always thought that to be a powerful picture, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, when it comes to a spiritual heritage, I think about my parents who, right. you know, first generation, you know, born again believers. And, mm-hmm. and now, you know, and then I married a, a pastor's daughter and my kids, you know, the heritage that they have is, is amazing, you know, and that, right. you know, it, it's just awesome to see that and how that can then get passed on down the line. Uh, is that's such a big part of our faith. You know, those are the, those are the things that we see God working in our life. I mean, thank God for answered prayer. Thank God for miracles and healings and, yeah. and all of that. But what you're saying right there, that's, that is a huge part of faith. Yeah. You know, and that's a big part of this series, God being faithful to us. So it's so, so good. Dan, any other, as we get ready to wrap up, any other thoughts that you wanted to share from the Faithful series? I know we've got some good teaching coming up that I'm going to talk about, but anything else from the Faithful series? Oh, man, no. I mean, I know, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but it's just been a great series just thinking about that and, and seeing that truly God is faithful, you know, and, and even, you know, throughout that, the songs that we were singing that kind of remind us of that as well. Yeah. That even, even when sometimes it, we can't see it, to, to sing that and to remind ourselves right. of faithfulness is so important. Like uh, last night for the worship night, I shared out of Psalm 100, but, you know, it closes out saying that, you know, his, the Lord is good, his love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. His faithfulness continues through all generations. It doesn't stop. And, uh, and so just to be encouraged and be reminded of that always. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're excited. Um, so thanks for joining us tonight. A couple things as we get ready to head out. Man, don't forget uh, this week. In fact, Dan will be bringing the word this coming week on July 5th weekend. We know you're going to have some time off, hopefully with family, as we kind of slowly roll into somewhat back to normal with family, but we're going to be starting a new series called Rooted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm holding up this um, document that we've created. It's really cool. Our communications team has put it together. Um, and here's the thing. Um, Wednesday night, July 1st, between 5 and 7, you can stop by the church. It's kind of the summer pickup. Uh, there's things if you've got kids for Fam Jam, you can get those packets. You can also get these uh, rooted um, devotional packets, which are going to be really good. I think at some point you'll be able to download, download them electronically as well. But just be reminded that July 1st, you can pick this up over at the church. 
uh, we often say we've, you know, we've never closed. The mission is going for it. We're reaching people. We're growing together in Christ. These are some of the ways we're doing it. Uh, and so make sure you get out, stop over and see us. I'm looking forward to being there Wednesday night and um, it's going to be great. So we'll be preaching during the month of July on this series, Rooted. Dan will be kicking it off. Uh, we've got Hubbard in the house over that uh, time. Uh, I'll be speaking on the 19th. So we're going to be having a good teaching about uh, the Rooted series, and we'd love to have you involved in that. So make sure you stop by July 1st, pick it up at the church, and uh, it's been great. Anything you want to say about Rooted, Dan? No, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to, to be doing that. And honestly, it, it's a great follow-up to what we've been you know, talking about. God's faithfulness to us, but also us being faithful to him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a little phrase I've been thinking about is that our faithfulness to God leads to fruitfulness in life. And we're going to be talking about being rooted and producing fruit that, that lasts. And uh, I'm excited. It's a, yeah. And you think of these trees that are, that have been around for generations and they've gone through storms and yeah. they, they've been damaged or they lost a branch, but they just, they're still, and you, you even see their roots go deep, uh, it really is going to be a great time follow-up to the Faithful series. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to being a part of that. One thing we will be doing, and you need to know about this if you're listening, we're going to have our, you know, rooted online groups. And so we'll be meeting each Wednesday night. Uh, we'll kind of, be, kind of be piecing out from the Wisdom Wednesdays, and we're going to do uh, the GT podcast. It'll be growing together. That'll be the segment that we call it. And so you can join us in those groups and our small groups, the Tony Roman, Kelly Gray for all helping mm -hmm. us with those things. But those are going to be some powerful times where we meet together. We'll be doing kind of a vodcast for 20 minutes, you know, as a, a wrap up to our message. But then we'll be breaking into small groups and having the kind of discussion that Dan and I had today, but we'll be having it with you in a smaller group. So make sure you get signed up for that. Be a part of it. It's going to be an exciting, exciting time. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Dan and I are going to say good night. Have a great time. And uh, we'll look forward to Sunday morning. Looking forward to the word, Dan. And uh, God bless all of you. And thank you for joining us today. God bless.